when is enough really enough? This is Journal Report. Timely topics, important information. From the Wall Street Journal. Welcome to Journal Report. I'm Jennifer Strong in New York. Our next guest took the time to really consider the meaning of enough. Wall Street Journal contributor Robbie Shell, she joins us now from Philadelphia via Skype. Robbie, you say this meditation started when you began considering your own retirement. I did. I did. I think getting older is something that made me focus on what's been happening in my life the last few decades and where I have come to be now. And in those last 25 plus years, I've lost family members. Uh, I've lost friends. Uh, I've raised a family. Uh, I have the weight of 25 more years of news coverage that that is 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 relentless in depiction of civil wars and suffering and cruelty uh, and it's 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 made me feel much more satisfied with the things that I have and being able to distinguish what I have versus what I need mm-hmm. uh, I think the idea of focusing on what you need is crucial and of course everyone's definition of need is different and you have to respect that but really do you need to be super rich do you need to be super competitive you always need to be a little bit dissatisfied. Can't you just sit, you know, instead of constantly running? And when I retired three years ago, that coincided with my decision to volunteer at Inglis House, which is a residential facility for people with disabilities. That was eye-opening. The people there have progressive MS or cerebral palsy or there because of an accident. The CEO of, of English, Gavin Kerr, says they're there because of bad genes or bad luck. So I don't, I haven't really had either of those yet. But, but it's given me great respect for people who have. They're, the residents are in wheelchairs. Maybe they can't move their hands or their arms, or they can't speak anymore. Maybe they can just move one finger. But, but using adaptive technology, they can feel satisfaction doing some pretty simple things that we take for granted, like skyping, like turning the page of a book like designing a, a web page. So, um, you know, you look at these people and you see that they've been able to achieve a measure of independence that up until very recently was inconceivable, and they've done it with very little. You say in a piece in the paper, for you, and honestly, probably like most of us listening here, this drive to push harder, go further, do more, it really started in childhood. It did. And I, you know, that's an interesting question, because I'm not sure whether how much of that is environmental and how much of it is genetic. But I was a very, very competitive girl. And uh, I mentioned selling Girl Scout cookies. Well, I more than any of my my friends. And I did that by taking the Hartford, Connecticut phone book and calling at random 200 numbers and selling the cookies over the phone. Not a particularly good way to do it, but I was determined to beat out all the other people in the troop. And that continued on through middle school, through college, continued through my career, continued in things like fitness, trying to to remain fit. And I think it was just something that I grew up with. It was my my family was competitive. Uh, I tried to get into competitive schools. And it wasn't until really that I got to be uh, closer to retirement that I thought more about why there's that need to do this and what it had done to my to my sort of outlook on life and and um, the distinction I made between between uh, what I want and what I need. It, it was really driven home to me when I uh, I was getting ready to go to my 25th college reunion, 
And there was a woman on the street who had just come back from her 45th. And she said, you know, when you go to your 45th reunion, you're just happy to have survived, to be in a position to be back in campus. You've suffered a lot of loss. You might have lost a job, uh, a spouse, uh, children. Uh, but at your 25th, you're still competing with other classmates. Who's got the better job, the better family, et cetera? And I always remembered that conversation because I think that's a big difference when you're in your 40s versus when you're, when you're in your 60s. You've experienced so much more, uh, and you, you start to feel gratitude. I mean, gratitude is something we're constantly told we should feel. We should wake up in the morning, and before you get up, you're supposed to think three things you're grateful for. Well, it actually works. I mean, I have done that. We're also told to embrace forgiveness. That's a little harder for me. But working on gratitude, trying to focus on the things that are really important to you, the things that you have and that um, give your life some meaning. That's that's what it's all about. You mentioned another aha moment with this in the article where you say you found another Wall Street Journal article stuffed in the back of your cabinet. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> I found an, a, a Wall Street Journal interview with John Updike, and he was lamenting how Americans just never really understand the meaning of enough. They're never really satisfied with what they have. They're they're constantly constantly striving after the American dream, and they're never finding it. And this is the subject of his rabbit uh, books. He wrote four books about Harry uh, Angstrom, uh, who was a constantly dissatisfied, striving salesman. And the last book is called Rabbit at Rest, in which chronicles his death when he finally does find satisfaction for various reasons. But ironically, Updike um, mentions back in the 80s, he said there, there was never enough money for even, even very, very rich people were motivated by greed and did, did illegal and awful unethical things. Well, that's not really different from what we experienced 10 years ago. The word enough got me thinking about how we define that concept. And it resonated with me now more than it did 25 years ago. But I obviously, it obviously had some meaning because I kept it and filed away. Filed it away. How do you think this has changed you as a writer? I covered when I left my job. I was, I had intended. I covered. I was a business journalist, and I intended to write, and I did a middle grade uh, book on honeybees and colony collapse disorder, because to me, honeybees are the most fascinating. Um, insect in the world and they're under great stress as you probably know from Mm -hmm. this colony collapse disorder and I was just so taken by by the teamwork and the efficiency of honeybees there's there's no hot dogs there there's no uh, prima donnas like you find uh, in the sports world in the financial world these honeybees have a job they do it efficiently and that's it and not only that but they're crucial to the to the you know to our ecosystem uh, and so I wanted to write about them and I thought well I can't say anything I'm not a biologist or an entomologist or anything how about if I just write a story for kids and try to get them interested in the environment knowing that middle grade a fictional story based on true facts about bees and colony collapse disorder knowing that that was not a particularly prestigious uh, audience to write for, but that's, I feel like that's what interests me now. That's what I want to focus on. I want to get kids involved in thinking about the environment. So, in that sense, I switched from writing factual, writing factual stories all my life to writing a fiction story, which, as I note in the, in the essay, was very, a very freeing freeing uh, exercise because I could make everything up except for the facts about the bees. Uh, so I've just given up 
mainly given up that kind of the, the more uh, sort of recognized prestigious writing that I did during most of my career um, and I gave it up for something that's really meaningful. We're talking about the lessons learned by one writer when she asked herself to really think about the meaning of enough and you're listening to Journal Report from the Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Robbie, what's something else you think we should know about your journey with the meaning of enough? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think that you never can stop striving to understand what enough means to you. And I think as you get older, you recognize that that's going to involve interacting more with people, uh, giving more of your time and energy to other people. Uh, And I think they always say that's what keeps you going as you get older and older. And I think that's absolutely true. And it's probably the most valuable thing you can do with your, with your time is to, is to be of service to others and to keep a perspective on your own life and be there for people when they need you and just recognize that life is short and that hopefully I'll have enough time to do what I want. Did anything surprise you while you were writing this piece? Ah, that's another good question. I think I was surprised by the fact that the Updike, the John Updike uh, interview still resonated with me so much later uh, and that I can, I can still remember feeling that sense of, pers- that loss of a sense of perspective two plus decades ago and realizing that even now I don't have a complete handle on what, what enough can mean, but it's, it's just worth the effort to keep thinking about it. That's Wall Street Journal contributor Robbie Shell joining us from Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been great chatting with you. Have a great day. And thank you for listening. From the newsroom in New York, I'm Jennifer Strong. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.